if you believe that money is bad or people are miserable, then you're not going to attract it. So if you go in and you can release those beliefs, then you can start to attract money. Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen. So today, I have a friend with me and a colleague, Lisa Schirmerhorn. And she is somebody who specializes in the subconscious mind. She's also the VP of Business Development of a virtual reality health and wellness company called Meditainment VR. And let me tell you a little bit about how I met Lisa, because talk about a, an interesting story. Uh, we both live here in Vermont, and a very, very dear friend of mine, uh, Loran Starr, shout out to Loran Starr, uh, was talking about this woman that she knew who moved to Vermont. And lo and behold, it ends up to be Lisa, who actually does Pilates with me. And so we got talking, and then we realized there was a lot of business connection and a lot of uh, background and things that we would want to talk about. And I said, hey, come on my podcast and let's bust a money myth wide open. And you said yes. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. (laughs) And so why don't you tell the people listening in what your myth is, and then we'll talk about what motivated you to pick that myth. So my myth is people with money are miserable. And what motivated me to talk about that was I found it out by accident, actually. I was speaking about people's beliefs around money, and I posted a giant photo of a mansion. And I started asking people in the room, tell me about the people. Oh, first I asked them to raise their hand. Who here wants to make a million dollars a year? And everyone raised their hand. And then I asked them what the people were like who lived in that house. Oh, my God. I got, they're miserable. They hate each other. They're getting a divorce. And someone else even said, they can't afford to heat the house. And I was astonished. And then I turned to the group and I said, if all of you want to make a million dollars a year, what makes you think you're going to attract that if you think that people with money are miserable? And the whole room ended up talking about their beliefs from their childhood and how there's there's religious beliefs about people with money. There are cultural beliefs around people with money and people who are raised to be educated and be successful and other people who are raised um, to just get out and contribute as quickly as you can. So all of those belief systems get programmed at such a young age, and I just found that so fascinating. And so... I want to just mention, so people know this, that you're a hypnotherapist. You're also a clarity coach. Uh, you happen to be a, a RN as well or an LPN. Um, I am a master in uh, neurolinguistic programming. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you have lots of education and lots of experience and knowledge around people's beliefs. And like I said before, the subconscious mind. So um, I think it's wonderful, yet not surprising, given what I do in financial psychology, that you stumbled upon this idea that there's this disconnect between wanting to be wealthy and then viewing wealthy people as miserable. Absolutely. And it, it forced me to take a look at what my beliefs are around money. And as a child, I really struggled in school. Uh, I was undiagnosed with learning disabilities as a child. And so as an adult now, I look back and go, oh, of course, I switch numbers all the time. I transpose things. So school was very hard for me. And growing up in that environment, my parents would always reinforce this belief that, you know, you always need to be taken care of. You'll never be able to take care of yourself. And so that is something that I carried with me for a long time. And so I think I overcompensated and overstudied because I needed to prove that, prove myself, prove to myself that I could actually do things and that I could support myself and I could take care of myself. So, so those money myths, those beliefs, people can do one extreme or the other. They'll either give into it and diminish themselves or they'll work overtime and overcompensate. Let's spend a minute talking about if that is the belief that you have, how that might actually work for you. Well, absolutely. So if it's a shadow um, or, or, or a belief that someone has, someone might go into overcompensating by, by that and seeking out people who are happy um, that have money or actually looking into that. So I have to stop you. What's a shadow? Okay. I'm, this is, I'm a financial. Okay. I'm sorry. Psychology expert. So help me understand. I think I know, but let's yes. make sure I know. So people have these, this, this, these beliefs that they work hard to overcompensate from. So a shadow is the darker belief versus the lighter side. For instance, um, if I don't, if I believe that I'm stupid, then that's my shadow. And so I'm going to work very hard to overcompensate for that. And the light is I, I realize that I'm actually really smart. Okay. Gotcha. I hope I explained that. <laughs> you did. That was helpful. So back to what you were talking about yes. with the shadow. So wealthy people are miserable, mm -hmm. and that myth can serve you by? Well, the myth can serve you by, by looking and reaching out to people with money. And seeing that there are a lot of philanthropists out there. There are a lot of people who do a lot of good with their money. They invest it wisely. They help take care of people. So it's, it's something that I think is really important for people to look at that. If, if their shadow is people are miserable but they want to make money, then it's about doing that work on themselves and digging deep and finding out where is that wound where did that come from so that they can release themselves from that pain and then actually see, you know what, there are people with money who are actually happy. Because to me, money is an exchange of energy. It's not a, it's not a, a value of someone who has a lot of money is better than. To me, it's used as an exchange of energy. And so if someone can look at it that way, it may be less intimidating for them. I imagine if somebody has the belief uh, – that 
wealthy people are miserable, that it could potentially serve them in making them less miserable if they don't have wealth. I know that's oh, a really simply yes. simplified version. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> so more importantly, how does it get in the way? Because it sounds like that's what you specialize in, kind of uh, helping people shift their energy, heal wounds, and get out of their own way. So, you know, how does it get in the way if you continue to think that wealthy people are miserable and you're trying to pay your bills or you're trying to accumulate wealth yourself? Right. Um, well, what's interesting is I found out that 70% of people who win the lottery go bankrupt. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy because those people don't have a relationship with money. They don't understand its purpose and its value. You think you win a million dollars and then you go buy a house and then they don't think about all the things that, you know, comes with the responsibility of having money. So when you talk about this, it for me, it's about going into your childhood and going into your beliefs and looking at what is it that's holding me back? Because with the law of attraction, and now the law of attraction is based in you attract into your life what you believe at a, at a core level. And so if you believe that money is bad or people are miserable, then you're not going to attract it. So if you go in and you can release those beliefs, then you can start to attract money. Excellent. And, and it's interesting because I just had someone come to me yesterday and say they wanted a session about, they said, you know what, I'm really struggling with money. All of a sudden, my money is, is draining. So uh, I'd like to look at that and see if I can attract more in my life. So she's coming to see me tomorrow. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So it can get in the way. It can serve you. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody's listening in, Lisa, and they feel like, wow, I do have that belief on some level. Like, I didn't realize that I think that. What can they do about it? Like, what's a, a simple step? I know going to see you is one step. But what's some other steps they can take maybe on their own to start to explore this or start to look at how this plays out in their life? I think it's important to look at your family dynamic. What was your family dynamic around money? What was the belief around that? And um, really, really be honest with yourself and write a list down. Write down, what do you believe about people with money? You might be surprised at what you come up with. And um, for me, I believe in working with the subconscious mind because right now in, we're in what's called beta. And beta, we're having these conversations and we can talk about our issues but if you go to those, what we call alpha, which is where we go in hypnosis and subconscious, the subconscious work, that's where a lot of these uh, belief systems are stored. That's where a lot of those are. So all we do, all I do is take someone into that relaxed state, get that information where it's stored, release it, and replace it with what you wish you want instead. Why didn't I meet you when I was in my 20s and I did years of talk therapy? It sounds like <laughs> hypnotherapy would be a little bit more, well, I don't know, fun in quotes. I'm sure it's very powerful. So it's really about talking it through and understanding it. And so at that level, and that's the level I talk to advisors about right. and a lot of people about. But then it for you and the work you do is it's that deeper level of what's in your subconscious mind. Right, because I can't tell you how many times people will go into that relaxed state and go, oh my God, I didn't even realize I had that belief. 
And so when you can go into those beliefs and, and when you make a list and start to say, what do I think about people who have a lot of money? You start to realize, oh, my gosh, maybe I'm not attracting money. Maybe I'm not attracting what I want because this is what my beliefs are based on. And it's important to release those and replace it with what you want. So then you can start to bring abundance. And, and you know, to me, it's all about abundance. You know, it's about attracting a lot of different things, not just money. Well, and that brings us to the idea of being wealthy. I mean, we're talking about money, but wealthy people, that could mean a lot of things. I know for myself and my journey around my relationship with money, you know, one of the things I realized when I first of all realized I was an under earner for several years and had to bust through that, uh, the other thing I learned was that, you know, defining wealth in my life was very different than what I thought it was. I used to think, believe it or not, you might laugh at this, I used to think, I'm going to go on Wall Street, I'm going to make a ton of money, I'm going to be like the greed is good guy. That's who I was in my <laughs> early 20s. Now, I, thank goodness that didn't happen because I would have been a very, very miserable. Um, probably out of work kind of person. Uh, but what I realized is that wealth for me is certainly making a good living and, and having financial resources. But like today, before the podcast, I got to ski for two hours. And that brought a lot of wealth into my life. So is that what you're talking about, a broader definition of wealth? Absolutely. Um, you know, I my, my ex-husband worked on Wall Street for many, many years and is in that industry. And I've seen people who spend their entire lives, you know, going for more, 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 and it, it's never enough. They can never fill that hole inside of them. So when you're looking at what you're passionate about, what you love, it's really important because you stop thinking about the money. You think about how you can be of service to others and how you're helping people, and then the money comes. It's a very different way of looking at it, and I think that's also people who are passionate about what they do and love what they do um, are much happier with their money than those who are just making money and they're slave to it. And I think that's where you can differentiate. So one of the things we talked about was writing down all of your conscious thoughts about mm -hmm. wealthy people as a way to bust this myth. Mm -hmm. And... What else might they be able to do? I mean, I know that there's certainly, um, you know, the services that you offer, other people across the country offer around hypnotherapy mm -hmm. and going into the subconscious. But maybe someone's not there yet to make mm -hmm. an appointment. What's a next step that they could take? Do you have any other ideas about what they could do to start to look at, you know, this myth and how it might not be serving them and what they could do to get over it? I think it's important to maybe do some research and see if you can um, look online to seeing people who are doing who do good things with their money, and see that there are a lot of people who are out there who who have money and travel and have big homes and actually have happy families and um, they do a lot of good. Uh, out Don't in just the world. look at the Kardashians. Is no. what you're saying? <laughs> Well, that's what I find when um, I t talk to people about money myths outside of the financial mm -hmm. services industry is really looking at we tend to see celebrity wealth, but we don't tend to see a lot of people who have wealth who are living very quiet lives that happen to have a fair amount of affluence. Um, certainly there's a lot of uh, 
potential issues around having a lot of affluence. But, you know, people are happy and, and doing that. And so I think the idea of researching is a nice concrete step that someone could take and say, look, here's some very people who are giving back, people who are happy. I don't know why Richard Branson comes to mind, but I often think he is the most joyful, wealthy person, an entrepreneur. I, I love him and I follow him on Twitter. He's always writing some crazy things. And the other name that comes up to me is War, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett still lives in his original house and drives a very simple car. They're not motivated by all the stuff. And it doesn't mean that, that you know, stuff isn't nice. I, I, I drive a nice car. I live in a nice home. But I, I don't use it to run me. I, I do what I do because I'm passionate about it and I love it. And um, it, it puts me in a really wonderful place. And also being of service to others. Look into ways that you can be of service to others and help people. I think that's a huge part of uh, the human condition and, and, and bringing joy and happiness into people's lives. So tell me a little bit about what you are up to these days, because I know you have your own practice, but you also um, have taken on this responsibility of being a business development director for this virtual reality company. So I want to make sure before I let you go that you have a chance to speak to that. Um, my college roommate contacted me this past fall, and she connects businesses to um, to each other. She, it's called Connect the Dots. And she called me and she said, I'm working with this company, and I just think you'd be perfect for their health and wellness area. So I went down to New York City and met with them, and we had a little love fest because <laughs> what they're doing with virtual reality is 18 years of what I've studied. And I got really excited because this is something that can be taken on a, on a really grand scale. So they incorporate um, the virtual reality goggles, the Oculus goggles, where you're completely immersed in a scene. And that alone has healing benefits. Um, helps with pain. It helps with pain, pain relief. It helps with uh, memory enhancement. There's all kinds of... Um, uh, uses for it. Then on top of that, they use something called brain entrainment, where they play these tones that help change your brain frequency to bring it down from a really anxious state into a more relaxed state. It also helps with sleep. Um, it helps with stress, anxiety. Um, it's got so many different applications, and I'm really excited to be part of it. We started off with a myth. We busted it wide open. Uh, there are ways in which you can do this in your conscious mind. That yes. tends to be where I specialize. And there are ways in which you can access this information and go deeper mm -hmm. in your subconscious mind, which clearly you specialize in. And so it's been really fun to have this conversation today and to bust this uh, myth wide open with you, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information, or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.